Hello, my friends. How are you today? You're listening to the St. Mark Bemidji Sunday Edition podcast. This podcast features a replay of our Sunday sermon, or on occasion, a sermon from another Well Sister Church. If you enjoy what you've heard today, you might also enjoy our weekday devotions, which you will automatically get if you subscribe to this podcast. Additionally, you might consider sharing it with a friend. Each and every podcast has a share link in its description, which can be found in the same podcast app that you're listening to. I've tried to make that link obvious, and let me know if it isn't at john.kirk at stmarksbemidji.org. Share it because it's studying the Word, and faith in Jesus and His perfect life, death, and resurrection comes by hearing the Word. And salvation comes to us by faith in Jesus alone. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's John 3.16. It's not just something you write on a billboard or hear on the radio. It has eternal implications. Why would you not tell everyone? Today's sermon is titled, Counting the Cost, and is based on Luke 14, verses 25 through 35. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life. Such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose once one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, This person began to build, and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pyre. It is thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Now let's join my good friend, Dr. Kyle Reese, who is filling in for Pastor Zamzo this week for the sermon. Grace and peace to you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Through Christ Jesus, amen. Imagine that it is 2,000 years ago. It's kind of a hot and dusty day under the Judean sun as you and hundreds of people are walking after the prophet named Jesus. You have seen some miracles. Maybe you were one of the 5,000 who were fed with two fish and with two loaves and some fish. You heard about the wedding at Cana. You've heard of him healing the sick and the blind and the paralyzed. You have heard Jesus himself rebuke the old stodgy Pharisees. You are certain that Israel has received its king, its Messiah who will lead Israel to a new age. Then Jesus turns around and says this, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, 
brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Is this the man that you judged him to be? What is this about giving up everything, hating your parents, carrying a cross? Is this man worth following if he says such things? His words force you to count the cost of following him. These words Jesus says were not just meant for those people at that time. These words of our Savior still strike us today and force us to count the cost of being a Christian. Do Jesus' words seem discouraging? Does it seem like the cost is too high? It's helpful to remember it was never the intention of Jesus to mislead his followers. He says these shocking statements because he wants them to understand. He's being forward, blunt, and honest. The cost of having seen the Messiah and believing in him might very well be your life. What good would it have been for Jesus to allow his followers to continue in ignorance about who he is and what he came to do? He wants them to weigh following him against all the things in this world, family, money, even their own lives. These words are harsh truth to wrap our minds around, but isn't that always the case with words that are meant to rebuke and encourage? We hear these words today as Christians who have followed Jesus, in some cases, for many years. In the same way, the people to whom Jesus originally spoke these words were Jews who were actively looking for the Messiah. Here they were, seeing him and speaking with him. He has made plain the cost of following him. It's weighty, no doubt. But do not overlook what the Lord says. Whoever does not, whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Follow me with your cross. Jesus tells us that he has counted the cost himself, the glory of heaven traded for a life of hardship down here. The possibility of an earthly kingdom and comfort traded for the death of a traitor, crucifixion. He is not an armchair quarterback saying, go on, live better because I say so. He's saying, look at how far I, the Son of God, am willing to go for you. Count the cost and follow me. That said, these words are still a hard truth for us. Hate my family? What about the fourth commandment? How do we reconcile these things? Put it this way, and maybe you know someone who's been in this situation, or maybe this is you. A young man grows up in the church, gets confirmed, finishes high school, and goes to college. Then, there, he joins a group of friends and comes out of the closet as a homosexual. His parents go to him, talk to him, rebuke him, and remind him of Jesus, his Savior, and all that he learned while he was under their roof. And how is that perceived by the world around us? Isn't that perceived as hatred, ignorance, bigotry? Because they don't support and approve and accept his new lifestyle choice? It is indeed viewed as hatred when in reality this is what love looks like. The mom and dad in this situation love their son. And as good Christian parents, they aren't going to say nothing while their son abandons the faith, his savior, 
the hope of eternal life. Just like they did when the boy was a toddler, they seek to correct him and steer him away from harm. They have in mind his highest good, his forgiveness, his peace with God, and life eternal. They count the cost of following Jesus and value the love of Christ over that of their son. Their own dear son might call them homophobes, bigots, close-minded fools. He might even stop talking to them. All those things, the name-calling and the broken relationship, is the same thing. It is a cross laid on the parents by their own child. Jesus says, count the cost. Pick it up and follow me. This is the hard truth, the reality of the spiritual war that we are engaged in as followers of Jesus. Hence the Lord's next words about counting the cost. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. It is the enemy, the devil, who wants us to count the cost, our crosses, and say, they are too much to bear, the cost is too much and too dear. When our sinful nature would bow and give in, remember these words of Jesus and count the cost. Satan would have us wonder if it's all worth it. He would have us looking at our immediate circumstances and what's in front of us. Understand that our enemy, the devil, can play both sides of the coin. On one hand, he will say, can God really forgive you for what you have done? And on the other hand, he will have us believe that we're not really all that bad and how could God be so cruel to ask all of this from us? Count the cost. What can we do to remove the mountain of sin from our own lives? For the times we should have picked up our crosses and shared Christ with someone, but didn't. For all the times when we count the cost of even coming to church in the morning and wonder if it's worth it. For all our worldly doubts and fears. We can do nothing about it. Count the cost. Our lives, our blood, our death. It would never be enough. One sin couldn't be paid for by a thousand human sacrifices. No, only the blood of the eternal, all-powerful, and all-knowing God, the Alpha and the Omega. Only His blood would suffice for the sin of every sinful human being that's ever lived or ever will live. And He gave it. He knew the cost of redeeming the world. He knew the blood price, and He paid it in full. He counted the cost. And his love for you and me far outweighed the weight of the betrayal, torment, and death that he would suffer. One of our favorite hymns has a refrain that goes, To whom but you, who can alone for sin atone, Lord, shall I flee? The question is rhetorical, but the answer is obvious. Count the cost. No one but Jesus. When you evaluate the enemy, and you see the forces arrayed against you and in you. Realize that you alone can't stand against it. There is only one place to go. To your knees in prayer to ask for forgiveness. Not in fear, 
but in confidence. Confidence in a loving God who does forgive sins because in mercy He sent us Jesus to crush all of our foes, sin, death, and the power of the devil. So put yourself there again. 2,000 years ago, you have been following Jesus. He just turned around and said those hard words to the crowds. You watch one by one as your friends and family shake their heads in anger and in disgust. They begin to turn around and leave, brushing past you on their way back home. But through the crowd of people, you can see him. You catch hidden glimpses as people make their way past, leaving in droves. But perhaps those words of Isaiah, pierced and crushed for our iniquity, just won't get out of your head. Iniquity. Your own sin buries you where you stand. You've counted the cost, and there is not enough by any account to buy or fight your way out. Jesus, and only Jesus, is enough. Amen. That's all there is for today, but we are so happy you took a few moments out of your busy day to listen to God's Word with us. Please consider subscribing to our podcast to hear more devotions like this, Monday through Friday, and to hear our Sunday sermons as well. We also cordially invite you to join us for church every week at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website at www.stmarksbemidji.org.